0: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. On 1116 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. for Honda's seven-year sale ends June thirty. gonna do with it by spitting out of there Gunston. He found a way that no one else could. That uncanny ability around the sticks and he's kicked his second goal. What about four and a quarter in your third game? Oh, oh, the Rock started. oh look at him get around him. He pumps the air. Towers plays from a half pass for Rock, gathered it, wore a bit of contact, snuck out the back and kicked the best yet. <laughs> <laughs> Rock. He's up to six. <laughs> He has roared onto the AFL scene tonight. He flings it high inside the 50. Rough out position by Grundy and got to the back. Ruffhead to against and you can guess this time. He's got his fifth. Oh, He got mid-front on by Parker. Free kick. Parker's going to get suspended for that. Tracking towards goal Jack. He knew where he wanted to kick it. Into the pocket. Tired arms go up but Haywood anywhere where he's within 40 metres of goal. He finds a way, the members watch. He has a perfect vantage point as he coolly slots it through the middle. And the Swans don't lose too many close ones two weeks in a row. Rowan gets in and wins it, gives it to Florence. Chips it forward where it's marked by Parker. Oh. They have looked on the brink for much of this final term. And yet, here come the Swans. Luke Parker, set shot to put them in front. He does. Swans have a chance here with courage. Rowan knew how to find it. Hayward back to goal. He's got Ronk back in the square. Can he find him for his seventh? Rons! Oh! Ronk! The Ronk has done it! at the Hail end. Hawthorne looks certain to win, but the script has flipped and he kicks the goal. An incredible night for Ben Ronk. He has announced himself with seven straight goals. Our first Friday night thriller of the year. It could be a season changing win for the Sydney Swans. Oh, what a night. We
4: thought our boys had a real crack most of the game, to be honest. They had a real crack. We, Turned the ball over a bit too much at times, uh, probably a bit in the third quarter, and, um, but their persistence was fantastic.
5: An unlikely hero propels the Swans to the most valuable of wins. Captain Josh Kennedy is our headline guest.
4: Yeah, we've got 62 inside 50s to 39, and they've still found a way to way to win. Despite that statistic, it was probably the only statistic that we're we're happy with for the night to be fair. I thought Sydney hunted the ball and the contest a lot better than we did over the course of the night and when it comes to a, a close game that you know only two goals separate the two sides for the for the whole of the night. You know, sometimes the team that wants it the most wins the game and I felt to the credit of the Sydney side they they were just a bit hungrier and a bit more polished with the uh, with their numbers, using their numbers around the ball than what we were the Hawks blow a chance
6: to elevate themselves to the AFL's top echelon in 2018. So do they have
7: what it takes to be a genuine contender? No, I couldn't get a kick, so there's no blame at all. You know, footy is a tough industry.
3: The Tribunal came up with a decision today that was
7: in best interest of the game, and I uh, totally respect that. Because it was just an act that I've done, For the past 10 years of my career, I was left a little bit dumbfounded to a degree. I am here to hold
1: the AFL accountable and stand against injustice.
7: I don't necessarily believe, in my opinion, that we should be upsetting the apple cart to go and chase a big fish. There's a lot of hurt and frustration for all the people I've mentioned. And there's no more important
3: people than the complainant.
5: It's been the hottest of weeks. Tribunal hearings, lawsuits, rules debates, and Fremantle doubles down on Ross Lyon. It's all in the crunch, along with Giants CEO Dave Matthews and his Carlton equivalent Kane Little. It's another massive edition of Crunch Time for Honda's seven year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See Honda.com.au.
6: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Crunch Time on this, uh, well, cool, beautiful, at least in Adelaide, Saturday morning, as we welcome you with thanks to Honda's seven-year sale, great offers, and a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au. Friday night footy finally delivered. So much to talk about on and off the field. As we welcome the team, you've already heard the voice of Jared Waitley, Bob Murphy, and Kane Corns, also with Jared back in Melbourne.
5: And with honky Ronky, who needs Buddy Boys? Good morning. I thought he would still be here this morning. Hello. I came to the ground, and we're basking in sunshine. i looking to the city end. I thought Ben Ronk would still be there, either kicking goals or high fiving crowds, making, making
7: grass angels on the, in the goal square where he finished with his seventh. You can't script that sort of thing, Bob. Oh, that's incredible. What a you know we've we've talked, argued long and hard recently about the state of the game, but that that lifts everyone's hearts, probably except except Hawthorne, I suppose. But, yeah, an incredible performance. Seven goals straight and ten tackles. That's the... I, I don't know what we call that, but I think he's the first player to ever do it. Incredible performance.
8: Oh, it was. Uh, just the game of the re- the game of the year for me. I
7: definitely it, game it, the, of the, the round. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, definitely I've... game of the
8: round. But the, the best game that I've seen all year, especially just watching from home. And, um, look, I think if you're Sydney and Hawthorne right now, you're, you're a really good chance to, to go all the way this year. I think that's what you're, you're thinking after that performance last night. Both Hawthorne, many positives to come out of it, but Sydney also without You were Franklin. that impressed, were you, Kate? I was, yeah, I was, had And we spoke yesterday about the fact that I just wasn't sure on Hawthorne. Uh, they kept surprising me this year. I kept tipping against them, but they were surprising me. Well, they, they surprised me again last night. And, look, they probably should have won that game. And, and Sydney, what they've been able to do away from home, if they can get it together at home, with Franklin, then both of these sides should be aiming for top four and both are good enough from what we've seen this year. It
5: was a bizarre night, Huddo. It was to walk away and the Swans have got three goal kickers and Hawthorne have got four. I mean, it's, I can't think of a game quite no. like it that I've covered.
6: No, I can't either. It was a strange night and a little bit of a hard one to assess. Kane, I'm with you in that, uh, as you said, we weren't sure on Hawthorne. I'm still not 100% sure on them. Um, obviously, they'll get Cyril back and, and that forward pressure with Pioppolo as well. and they've, they've spent most of their year in Melbourne at the MCG, uh, which helps. Uh, they've obviously been to Tassie once, and uh, they've got four into straight trips from here. But if you look at their draw, I mean, the teams they play against uh, favours, yeah, they're, they're not massively difficult draws, so they'll be there. It's, it's just a matter of where and then uh, with so many teams, what they can produce in the finals. And they've just got that forward expertise, haven't they? that. I mean, you look at the leading goal kickers in the AFL and, uh, you know, you've got Ben Brown at the top, but Luke Brewster's second mm. and Jack Gunston's not that far behind him and, and that still must play a huge role in terms of getting the job done when it matters.
8: Well, that's the thing for me. They're, they're forwards in Gunston and, and uh, Brewster, as you said. They're just in career best form, as good as any combination in the forward line. Still some improvement to come from Roughhead, but Impey showed signs last night. Burr going back in makes a huge difference and Sisley, who we'll speak about a little bit later in, in great form across half-back. So... Look, they're going to be tough to beat. They should be aiming for top four. And if you make top four, we know you're a pretty good chance.
6: Jerry, we had a debate with Gary. You know, sometimes the media has quite a big influence, doesn't it, on the way the game is played. Gary has been talking all week uh, about uh, defenders and what they're allowed to get away with in terms of the forwards. And we had a long discussion about it last night. Um, Before we hear from Alistair Clarkson, did you think it had an influence in the way the
5: game was umpired last night? I thought we had a couple of free kicks for the blocking that we haven't had uh, virtually in the first seven rounds of the season, so maybe it maybe it's been raised and maybe it's been looked at. It's, I, sometimes I wonder whether that's chicken and egg. Perhaps it had been looked at first, and then words yep. sort of seeps through from there. Uh, but then in the last quarter, uh, and this has raised the hackles of, the hackles of um, Alistair Clarkson, is there was one that was paid against Roughhead, or Roughhead took a mark and it was paid against Hawthorne in the pack, and then the next one, when Roughhead was kept out of it by one defender to clear the way for the other, which seems to be the, to the very essence of this, it wasn't paid, and that had a huge swing on the match, as Hawthorne were all over Sydney at that stage. If that results in a shot at goal, that might be breaking point, yeah.
6: Yeah. Let's, let's Let's listen to Alistair Clarkson before we get Bob and Kane to give their thoughts.
4: Last quarter, we go inside 50. Roughhead takes a mark. They pay a free kick for a block. And Sydney block better than any other team in the competition in their back end for Rampy and Grundy to take those marks. One minute later, that ball goes into the top of the goal square. Rampy, Grundy and Roughhead, no block paid. Why? Top of the goal square. I'm not going to pay that free kick. Those, those swings and roundabouts can affect you, the margins of the game sometimes. And, and we didn't get them. They're very sophisticated with the way that they defend. There are different stages of getting away with Blue Murder, too.
6: Blue murder, <laughs> pretty strong, <laughs>
8: okay. wasn't it? Yeah, well, I, I think too strong. I think uh, I think Hawthorn have had a pretty good run with the umpires for probably five years now, and I, th- I <laughs> thought it was, it, it's one of those ones. The rough head mark, I would have paid to him, so I agree with Clarko there, and and also if you paid the, that block for the rough head one, the one that was, he was speaking about a couple of minutes later, you had to pay that as well. But just as the same, up the other end, late. Isaac Heaney went for a mark, and there was a chopping of the arms just before Luke Parker kicked that goal. So perhaps they could have paid that. Look, I didn't have an issue just watching from home with the umpiring last night. If in doubt, let it go. I'm always of that opinion, but you know, I didn't see it affecting the game too much.
7: Yeah, it well, is put, it is. Sorry, Hala, it is one of those difficult, really difficult for for umpires to call those ones. I think we're we're still going to get a mixed bag. I, I know there's a, there's a push at the moment that Gary's been Gary's sort of has has opened that debate up, but. Players, players will, tra- defenders will train this, so that, and they work in pairs, they work in threes. Um, it's part of that, part of the skill of the defender is to be able to, to, be able to impede without, without, you know, taking your eyes off and there's helping your teammate. There's not much a
8: defender can do now. You can't chop the arms, you can't put a hand in the back, you can't clearly do what you did 10 years ago. So, look, if there's a little block so your teammate can come and take the mark and help out, I'm all for letting it go, which is. Um, probably the one because because you know right?
7: because we know we know there are times when they do block but there's also you're allowed to you're allowed to it's protect separate, the space separate. and if if the if you if your teammate isn't there well you you know you potentially would would go back and take the mark really difficult one for umpires.
6: Yeah, yeah it's a fine line fine line isn't it between being allowed to have a run at the footy and just being able to do what defend. It's a bit like bowlers in cricket. It seems like there's uh, it's more and more difficult for them to find ways to contain the score these days in limited overs cricket. Before we get back to Sydney, we should celebrate what Ben Ronk did, and the Swans have produced another rookie, which they've just had this incredible habit of doing uh, with Kinnear Uh James Sicily always seems to provide a sidelight at the very least. Um, what was your take on him last night, Kane?
8: Well, I think you would be waking up embarrassed this morning, Hutto. I, you know, I think we're prepared to let the one go last week where he kicks a goal from outside 50 and they're winning easily. He's playing well, so he gives a high five. I think we all said, and me included, a bit cheeky, but nothing to see there. He's a character. We want the characters in the game. But we shouldn't be talking about this guy every week, and we are. We talk about him every week. and. It's all well and good to do the high fives and patting Luke Parker on the chest and waving to him after that incident last night when you're two goals up and you think you're going to win the game. And then 10 minutes later, you see him complaining to the umpires like like an absolute sook. And when he's losing against North Melbourne, he steps on someone's leg. When things aren't going his way, he's not good at coping. Now, this is a guy who is a serious talent. He's probably a potential captain of the Hawthorne Footy Club, yet Alistair Clarkson needs to pull him into line. I think Clarko's let this go on for too long. And um, just bear with me. When I was 19, I'd played about 10 games. We played a Friday night game at Adelaide Oval. We played Collingwood. We kicked a goal late to win the game just before the final siren, and I'd been having a, a good duel with Brody Holland. After the game, I went straight up to Brody Holland and gave him the finger, like right in his face.
0: <laughs>
8: now, this was a Friday night game, so everyone was talking about it the next day. The footy shows spoke about it. No, I was so embarrassed. On the Monday team meeting, Mark Williams made me get up in front of the group, stand up there... The, the most daunting thing you can do, stand up in front of your teammates, apologize for my actions. He showed it on TV. He said, look, this could have caused Damien Harbwick to fly off the handle and get reported. Can you imagine if we were missing Harwick for the next week? T- tore strips off me. I was petrified to do anything like that ever again for the <laughs> next 15 years of my career. I get the feeling Clarko's just let this go on for far too long. Sicily, he hasn't achieved much. I, I'm, now, I, I reckon yeah, I'm... You, he's got opponents right now thinking... This guy's an absolute clown.
7: I'm not. I just am not too sure what his what the objective is. Is he is he trying to be? an agitator, an intimidator. I'm not. I, I'm just not really sure what, what, what you know, is it a Does means to what... Does he think he plays better perhaps when he's playing like that? Well, I get that he's an extrovert, Hutto, but, like, I'm not sure. I don't see him as a potential captain necessarily, Kane. You might know him better than I do, but I think he could be the best halfback flanker in the competition. I think he's, 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 he's all-round skills. He's got the whole package, mm. and he's playing some damn good footy at, at different times. But I'm, I'm with you. I, I kind of get to the end of... And you, you isolate these little incidents... The stepping on the leg one from me, I just thought, I I don't get what the what the outcome mm. he's looking for here is other other than for other than his own ego. Mm.
8: Yeah, there was no reaction really from Clarko, certainly publicly. I'm not sure behind closed doors, but it's happening again. Can you imagine if that was Brendan Goddard after the siren last night, after a loss, whinging to the umpires like he did? Can you imagine if it was Goddard to Parker now? Uh, you know, he's cost his team last night. Potentially that got Luke Parker fired up. He's the one that kicks the, the winning goal, essentially. I don't know. But it's all—it's okay when it's not harming your team and it's a bit of fun. But when it starts to harm your team, like I think it did last night, and certainly the perception of it, um, then I think Clarko's got to step in.
6: We might return to that a little later. It's quarter past 11 on crunch time for Honda's seven-year sale. Jared. before we take a break and come back and chat to Josh Kennedy, the, the incident with... Uh, with Luke Parker. Uh, How do you see it? And do you think there's any chance he'll be playing next
5: week? Uh, I don't. I have read everything this morning and I'm really interested into how this breaks. So I guess I would pose the question, so whose head are we protecting these days? So we weren't prepared to protect Dylan Scheel. We weren't prepared to protect Sean Higgins. We were prepared to protect Carl Amon. And now I read that we're not prepared to protect Charmin Impey. Is... It's not about Parker, it's about Impey. Impey has his head over the ball in the most vulnerable position in the game, and Parker hits him on the top of the head with his hip. Is We took that out of the game. We said that's an illegal action, and it doesn't matter whether it was accidental or malicious, or that's the one thing you can't do. So for me, it's careless, it's medium, he left the ground under the blood rule, and it's high, so it's a one-match suspension. Um, but uh, I seem to clearly be in the minority on this, and I don't really understand why.
7: I, I'm I'm staggered that that there's that there's debate around this. And Jared, we've we've spoken a lot about. I've got an enormous amount of empathy for when the ball is between two players for a 50-50 contest, and there's a, the instinctive reaction in someone. But last night, that wasn't a fifty-fifty ball. That's Jarman Impy's ball, and people. I saw Lee Montagna took to Instagram, and he. He, posted, he very craftily posted the photo of right where the ball is in between them. But Parker comes from a much further distance with at great speed. That's Jarman Impey's ball. His head over the ball. Parker's gone. Yeah, so oh, I just agree. want to well, say and this again. I love Luke Parr. I love yeah. the way he plays, but it's he's gone. It's not
5: about Parker. It's about Impey. And if this comes back clear today, then I'll go, I don't understand the way the system's operating anymore. It's split, isn't it? And I've got empathy for Michael Christian because whatever
8: way he goes, he's going to be criticised again. I guess my first reaction when I saw it, once again, uh, watching on TV, I I went, ooh, and I I went, like, in my chair, I went, ooh, and I went back, like, ooh, that's nasty. So I I guess you only got to go on my first reaction. You can slow it down, as Bob said, and and make a case for getting him off. Uh, People are saying that Impy toe-poked the ball forward, which meant that Parker, that's the reason he overran it. There's all little (laughs) things that you can do when you slow things down, but... My first reaction was, all oh, that's nasty.
6: Is it different to
5: Shield it's, and Cotchen? Well, Cochin should have been Not suspended. No, it's yeah, it's yeah. ever so slightly different that Impy has his head directly over the ball and he gets hit flush on the top of the head. That's where the the head opens up and he's bleeding from. So from that point of view, Shield got hit maybe on a 45-degree angle shoulder into head. But my view absolutely was that if that was rounds uh, eight yeah. last year, Cochin would have been suspended, as there was a way to, to conjure an outcome that kept him free, but that wasn't in keeping with the way. This is far more blatant do
7: than you think, the
5: Cochin shield collision.
7: Jared, or, or to everyone, do you think part of this particularly with the player reaction because Lee Montaigne posted the posted his photo yeah. and um, and Tex Walker replied Brody Holland there was a, a, a number of AFL former AFL players current AFL players who, who bought in saying yeah it's you know basically saying you know if this if this is uh, suspendable well then you know the, the state of the game's in crisis <laughs> again again, yep. again. I, I can't help but think that it, it's it's a bit it's fashionable at the moment yep. to join the mob of the state of the game. If, this, if we look at this incident in isolation, not in relation to the frustration that's been yep. evident in the last couple of weeks, I, I think that's something to be considered. So, Isolated, yeah. Luke Parker, just, he, he, he can't play. So,
5: Hardo, game. the question that's been posed is, what is Parker to do? Parker is not to hit Impy in the head over the ball. That's what he's yep. not to do. As, so you say, how can he contest it? All? No, no, the one thing he can't do is hit Impy with his head over the ball. That's the no-no.
6: All right, it's 19 past 11. Uh, All these things and more will be discussed as we continue crunch time. Josh Kennedy, the Sydney captain, is going to join us next. We'll find out a bit more about Ben Ronk. He's a player who never kicked a lot of goals, even at TAC level, and certainly not in the NEFL, but he's kicked seven goals last night. He had their first five goals. Quite a story. He was the star last night. But Josh Kennedy, the skipper, was...
3: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice,
6: influential in the last quarter. He's going to join us next. With thanks to Honda and their seven year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au Later on, Kane Little from the Blues and Dave Matthews from GWS. There's so much to talk about. Stay with us on Crunch Time.
0: On 16 SEM the award winning crunch, crunch Time
6: for Honda's seven year sale
0: ends June 13th. a bit of contact. Snuck out the back and kicked
6: the best yet. Oh, he's up to six. He has roared under the AFL scene tonight. Well, he went on the kick-the-match winner. Ben Rock, seven goals last night. You can't talk about him enough. And one man who can tell us more about him because he was a big part of the Sydney Swans. Eight-point win last night. Another thrilling encounter with the Hawks. A former Hawk himself, of course. He is the Sydney captain. Josh Kennedy, welcome, Josh. Thanks for joining us. No? You there? Doesn't seem like... Yeah, you got us there, Josh? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? <laughs>
6: right. we, we can, we can. Th- thanks yeah. for joining us. Uh, <laughs> great... Lost because in it was traffic. A bit awkward. Yeah. a uh, no, That's all right. We... Thanks for having me. It was an incredible night last night in so many different ways, but the headline act, no doubt, was Ben Ronk. Did you have any idea that could have been coming?
1: Uh, no, no. I, uh, I mean, he's been, he's been in good form in the, in the AFL in, the in, in his two games or his two games prior with us, with the seniors. But uh, he certainly took it to another level last night, and um it's fantastic. Well, tell us a bit
6: about the kid. Uh, he, he was a rookie, I think, picked fifteen or sixteen in t- twenty sixteen from. Uh, from Calder and um, the Swans of uh, Kinnear Beats and the team have had this unbelievable ability to pick these guys up. He played the season last year in the Nifl and we saw him down at Geelong a couple of weeks ago and, and then we saw what he did last night.
1: Yeah, I mean he's, he's, uh, he's just a, a kid that shows tremendous work rate uh, day he arrived at the club he's, he's always had a lot of energy and, and um, was probably a bit unlucky last year with a few injuries uh, especially early on in the year when you know, during pre-season, he, he, he certainly showed glimpses of, of what he could do, and uh, fortunately, this this uh, pre-season he's been able to uh, get through it and, and um, build on his on his previous year and uh, really take his game to another level. But uh, that sort of pressure, and I, I know he had ten tackles. Um, you know, that's that's the sort of stuff that uh, that horse and the coaching staff have been joining into him, and he's uh, he hasn't disappointed.
6: So can you take us out under the ground last night as it was unfolding? And he, I mean, he had all of your first five goals. Did you, did you get a yeah. sense of, of of what he was doing? And um, did you uh, did it affect the way you played, or you just thought, well, this is just happening, and we'll just keep rolling on?
1: Yeah, probably more the, the latter. I think. Uh, I, I certainly had a sense that it was happening. Every goal, I just
2: think,
1: he he kicked another one. Um, but it didn't it didn't change the way we played. Uh, you know, the forward line as a whole were really good in terms of the, the pressure and, and the ability to score once we got it in there. So it was just about trying to get in there and, and bring the ball to ground and let those guys uh, go to work. And um, you know, it was yeah, it was it was pretty amazing to be out there and just just seeing it unfold. That's for sure.
5: Does he have a good sense of himself, Josh? Is you want a twenty-year-old to celebrate a moment like that, don't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, you know it just provides so much energy to the to the rest of the team, and, and
5: uh, certainly
1: myself. It's the fans. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. It's uh, you know that's what it's all about.
7: Josh, Bob here. Well done last night. Is, is he, has Ben Ronk got a nickname? I think the the footy industry is kind of crying out for it. What, what are the, what's his nickname <laughs> around the locker room? Oh, he
1: does. Like it's probably it's it's. Uh, it's
7: it's probably a little bit explicit. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. No, okay. <laughs> I, uh, Maybe you should just just have just built that up, Josh. No, I'll, to I'll have to wear that you'll, one. I'm you'll, sorry.
1: You'll have, to work, you'll have to
7: work one out, mate. Okay, I'll, all right. Well, you, well, I'll, um, um, okay, well, I'll have to do that. Oh, I've got another question for you. That's a bit, a bit <laughs> of, a, something a bit more for the kids. Mate, what's the What's the secret to winning away for the Swans this year?
1: So I got a, that asked that last night. I'm, I'm not too sure, um, you know. We uh, yeah we've been we've been really good this year and and uh, our issue's been at home so we have to hopefully fix that next week but um, yeah not too sure I, I can't can't put my finger on we we've, we've, uh, we've played good teams away and, and come home with some good wins but um, you know, I think our, our real focus and, and something that all no doubt that we drilling into us this week is we got to we got to win at home.
7: Now you'd be aware, Josh. The the debate is raging um, everywhere in the in the footy landscape at the moment about the Luke Parker, Jarman impy bump. What was your what was your gut reaction on the field when you saw it firsthand?
1: Ah, uh, I've, I've been strictly informed that I'm not allowed to comment on this. Uh, in- from the media
7: department but, well, I've got, so um, i've gone one out of i've gone one out of three <laughs> yeah. of my, you, you're gonna cost me a job josh <laughs> hey, yeah i know
1: i know. I, I, I said what, i can't even i can't say anything can't say oh i think you'd be right no i can't say that so um that's coming from did the you ASL. think Trent oh, mate, Cochin... you know they work you know they want they want more access but we can't i can't even say that
7: <laughs> what, what's your favourite colour Josh Can I get <laughs>
6: <laughs> Did you think Trent Cotchin Should have uh, gone last year For the incident with Dylan Shield.
1: No look it's, I think it's 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 really hard to It's really hard to adjudicate and these things happen You know in split second Reactions um, You know Parky was definitely going for the ball And, and, and that was always his intention So um, You know I'll leave it to the powers that beat it to and make up their
8: minds there. Josh, you're two goals down at three-quarter time. We all remember your performance in the last quarter against Geelong. And then we start the last quarter and you're forward. For a captain, your mindset, how difficult is that to put the team before yourself and, and start forward?
1: Oh, it's... its uh, Obviously, you know, you want to be... You, personally, you want to be where you're... Where you're um, where your core strengths are, but, but, uh, you know, last night I was, I was getting well held and, and, uh, not contributing as well as what I would have liked. So, um, you know, the guys were getting it done inside and, and, uh, it probably freed me up a little bit too and was able to have a bit, bit more of an impact in the last quarter, which was, which was good. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it, it, that's part of being in the, in a team sport and, uh, you know, um, it was, I was really proud of the way that, a lot of our younger players stood up and and uh, and got us over the line.
8: You held Tom Mitchell to, to twenty, which is unheard of. Many teams just let him go, and and the debate whether how damaging he is around the ground. How did you preview yeah. him during the week, and, and what were the tactics against
1: him? Yeah, we uh, we obviously um, rate him really highly in in terms of obviously you know everyone knows he can get his hands on the footy and and but his ability to bring other guys in the game and, and, and get their running game going on the outside so yeah it was a, it was a focus for us going in with, with Georgie Hewitt he did a fantastic job and, and Parksey at different times as well so um, yeah it was certainly a uh, focus for us going into the game
5: How valuable are these wins on the road Josh given I mean you're under demand the wins at Geelong and the MCG against uh, the Cats and the Hawks they feel like they, they might count for so much when um, when you've got your full stocks back
1: yeah, you hope so, but, uh, look, it's, 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 a pretty ruthless industry and, um, you know, we, we've, we've, we beat the cats, we came back, got done at the SCG, um, same with West Coast earlier in the year. So, you know, it's, we just gotta keep, keep, uh, trying to put one foot in front of the other and, and improving, um, and, and keep banking the wins, but, uh, it is, they, these have been some, some really good team. Wins and, and uh, hopefully can hold us in good stead, uh, you know, throughout the course of the rest of the year.
5: Do you feel like you're cobbling it a bit together at the moment? I three goal kickers last night uh, only, and we know what's missing, and yet you are finding yep. a way.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think, you know, ideally, we, we we probably can't leave it up to Ben Ronky to kick seven uh, every week for us to win. So yeah, it is something that we're going to have to continually. Avenues to score without, without Lance and, and Reedy. So, um, you know, it's, just, it's, it's what it is. It provides opportunities for, for other people to step up and, and, uh, and take the reins. And, and fortunately, a lot of the young guys um, have been able to do that, which is just fantastic.
5: Josh, well done and uh, good luck for what's to come. It was a pretty amazing night.
0: 1116 SEM, the award-winning crunch time for Honda's seven-year sale ends June 13th.
5: Injury update for Arnold, Thomas and Becker. Scott Pendlebury with the ankle and Marcus Bontempelli with a hip have both been named but remain in doubt for their respective matches this weekend. West Coast Jeremy McGovern with a calf injury was ruled out of the Giants' clash today. So they're missing a few West Coast. Mm. Uh, it would be interesting to see how that looks without Nat Nui, Shui and McGovern. And given that the Giants have got a couple back, how does that affect the balance of that game? We'll pose that question a little later on. Last night, the all-clear from that match so that's the injury update for Arnold Thomas and Becker over 50 years experience in personal injury law for 40 winks the latter update get any size mattress for the price of a single the swans move to fifth with that win last night while the Hawks remain fourth both teams. Are five and three. This is crunch time for Honda's five-year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See Honda.com.au. This is the crunch now. Anthony Hudson, Bob Murphy, Kane Corns, and Jared Waitley with the events of a very busy week. And Fremantle probably tops that list by virtue of coming last on a Friday. Kane, you've uh, followed this closely the whole way. You've been one of the leading voices on it. How did you read yesterday's events?
8: Uh, well. I thought it was a couple of weeks too late from the Fremantle Football Club. I would have loved to have seen them come out and stand by their coach if that's what they wanted to do a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. So, look, it was probably as expected when we heard the announcement, Jared, I think you're of a similar view on that. Um, I didn't uh, indulge the press conference closely. I didn't watch it live. I was just sort of following it online. Now, he's stood firm and he's not going anywhere you just hope for ross's sake there's no one else that comes out and, and makes a complaint because that would look pretty silly right now
5: the arrival of the second complaint ended up being grossly unfair on as that's the first thing to say is to lodge a complaint with the club to have that confirmed publicly to have it handed on to the afl and then for it to be removed uh, on the evening and then again the next morning mm. is That created the environment where, in my opinion, Ross's job was in jeopardy if there was a second claim to be thoroughly investigated and what the potential for a finding were there. And then, so it was there and gone. Is I think if you, I just think
7: that was unfair on him. So, so yeah, the the second allegation or investigation that seemed to pour petrol on the whole thing because it just it was one of those stories that. Every few it's days festery. there'd be a little bit of there'd be a drip feeding of a bit more information and it just kept lifting and lifting and lifting. Does the does the does the withdrawal of the second incident, for want of a better word, does that does that now sort of is there a reprieve for Fremantle and for Ross Lyme now? So. I think that press conference acts as well, a Well it sort circuit of facilitated breaking.
6: it in a way, didn't it? Yeah. Did? It, it allowed did. there to be a reason for them to talk, even though they really didn't want to say anything. but it it got it out there.
5: And they were able to be on the front foot because they had the moral high ground in that one. I'd say So there were no answers about the first case, and there are still issues that Mm. linger around that, which are clearly never going to be uh, indulged by the club or by Ross Lyon himself. And just to sort of work through some of them, and I guess the cover story around it, there have been four elements, I think, that have sort of been put up and then systematically had holes punched in them. The first was that the woman was satisfied with the outcome and being supported, And that, quite clearly, is not uh, the interpretation of those close to her who have said that she feels humiliated and the family believes the process was a sham. The second, which was outrageously raised, was that she changed clothes between work and the party, and that is utterly irrelevant. And those who put that into the public domain should have a really serious think about what they were doing, and it's factually wrong. The third was that there was a low five figure payment made and that's disputed as sources close to her say it's a six figure payment so the difference between $10,000 and $100,000 is massive in this context and the last was that there was a payment made as re- as a result of a work cover claim and this was put forward as the veneer that this went through a statutory body it was a it was a proper claim investigated by work cover western australia and the outcome of the payout was linked to that is that's just Untrue. Is a form was filled out but never lodged. And WorkCover Western Australia confirmed in a written statement they had never received anything about it. They knew nothing of a claim. And so that, that those veneers have been steadily pulled down. And Freemantle's statement yesterday acknowledged that a form had been filled out, but there was no such claim, and it hadn't gone through external bodies. It was settled between the lawyers for the club and the lawyers for the former employee.
7: It's a, that's a significant detail, isn't it? That the work WorkCover Work safe uh, veneer, as, as you call it. So, who, who does the who does the focus go on from from that from that debacle?
5: It depends why these things were seeded. It, is it was seeded to suggest that this wasn't as serious as it was being suggested? And the Herald Sun's um, tenacious reporting of it, it got, I think, closer to what the facts are. And regrettably, now is the only way the woman would get if she seeks public um, satisfaction from this is it would require her to talk which is wretchedly unfair and also she's unable to do so. So that's why I think probably the circuit breaker uh, yesterday. As, as to you know and there was a certain wisdom in doing it yesterday before they play because I think the worst thing that could have happened if they played and lost mm. I think the intensity around it is linking the two together fairly or unfairly yep. would have been immense how is the
8: culture at Fremantle that's one issue then Brad Hill the you know Shane Yarren, the issues that he had I know not directly linked to the Fremantle footy Club right now but also Harley Bennell and the troubles that he has had right now the Fremantle culture appears to be uh, the lowest it's probably ever been. Now, uh, has, has Ross clearly has um, a say in that and has some responsibility for that. We're hearing sponsors are, are asking questions, and I oh know that's in relation to Ross. But, Jared, right now, your perception
5: of the Fremantle Footy Club? Uh, it doesn't look great from the outside. It's usually a sequence of events gives you an idea of what's there, and, you know, Brad Hill... To not have an understanding of how vulnerable your club is, and to have something like that happen, that that's not a great moment. Yeah, I, I,
7: it is a it is a bit of a catch all. That's a big broad net that uh, yeah. culture, and you and you can pick that that you know isolate the Bradley Hilton. I mean, it's just really you know, geez, at, at best, it's just really clumsy. <laughs> it's just really like pretty stupid. And like you say, Jared, you know, just for where his club's at at the moment. But I I I'm not prepared to say that oh, the the Fremantle Football Club's culture. Um, when you draw those examples. Uh, I'm more trying to get my head around, it and I don't know. I don't know how the chain of command works, but the, it's the work cover, that, that, that story being put out there. I, I wonder where that has come from. That's the one, I think.
5: Hello, do you reckon the, the f- refining of the MRP to an MRO and having a single figure, has that done the trick that the AFL was hoping it was going to do? <laughs> oh, gee, that's a good question, Joe. Yeah, I think
6: it has, it, it has been... You know, just from uh, the general follower, uh, I think it's it's worked to a, a large degree. It wasn't a great week for Michael Christian, though. I mean, uh, the comments he made in in relation to the detail around uh, the, the Nick Natanui comment, and and then the follow up the next day, as Adam Simpson identified about it being an easy decision to make. I don't I don't think Chris had a great week from that point of view. But I don't have I certainly don't have a problem with. Um, with the changes, it's clearly not one person. It's clearly Steve Hocking as well. And the fact that they can get there and explain everything, I think that has largely worked. But it was never going to be easy. I mean, they, I know you, you're you very good on the detail of these things, Jared, but they are very complicated. And, you know, I actually like the fact that we are seeing tribunal cases yeah. now. I had a real issue with the fact that clubs... Just wouldn't appeal because they didn't want to lose another week, and yeah, uh, you know, I could never see. Uh, they used to boast about how, oh look, we hardly have any cases go to the tribunal now. Well, I don't think that's a. It's not like we, it's a court of law where, you know, we need to. There's a backlog of cases, and we need to free the courts up. It, it doesn't actually hurt for the industry to. In fact, it's actually part of the rolling of the of the way the week works. It, you know, when I was coming through the ranks, so
5: I like the fact that we're seeing the clubs have the freedom to to be able to appeal. Yeah, we're in furious agreement on that. W- what about the specifics of the Nick Nat tattle, Tackle. Does Nick Nat Nui have to rethink? So he said he was dumbfounded and he wouldn't change. Adam Simpson came in behind that. The message from the AFL and from the tribunal is we need you to change. Oh,
8: I think he does. He, he needs to realise how powerful an athlete he is. Now, there's some players that you know that you're hitting, you brush shoulders with, and they just have that hard sort of body, and they, you can just tell that they're, they're going to hurt Byron Pickett was one of those, Graham, John Cog. I'm, right, I'm
7: right in front of you, Kane. you're, I don't one, know. you're, you're searching you're, you're, for names. You're, so right you're one of
8: those. Um, <laughs> he's such a powerful um, you know, athlete that he's you know, got so many attributes, but he just needs to be careful, I think, and they don't need to be missing him. So I, I don't actually think a week off right now does him any harm. I think it's perfect timing for him to rest his body, not have a big trip into state, but yes, to answer your question, just a slight tweak of the way he tackles.
7: Well, yeah, I suppose Jared. I mean, he's been rubbed out, so I suppose he, do, he does have to think about it. My question is, can he? Mm. In, in those instinctive where he turns he turns around, opposition gets the ball, and he, he goes to lay a hard tackle. <laughs> it's a tough one. So
5: if he lays that tackle again and his opponent gets up, do we expect that that would be cited? No, no. Which is, <laughs> that, that's where it's is is that, your point, Jared, isn't that's it? My about point.
6: Report, reportable action. It being a reportable action first, and then determining yep. what
5: happens. And the consequences absolutely play a role in how it pans out. But that first trigger. So if he lays the Nick Smith tackle on the week that he returns. My expectation now on what's been put forward is that he's going to be cited for that. And if Nick Smith gets up, it'll be a fine. And if Nick Smith is slow to get up, it'll be another suspension. But that's the, mm. I think that's the real difficulty that makes this one a unique case. Is that the way
8: life works, though, Jared? If you're drunk driving and you run a red light and you don't hit anyone, there's a penalty for drink driving. If you run a red light and someone's crossing and you clean them up, there's clearly a harsher penalty yes, yes. for that. So is so that not the pen- way
5: life no, well, is? but so far we've got he lays that tackle and wins holding the ball, so he's rewarded for it, and then he lays that tackle and gets suspended for a week. Mm. That's not the way life works. Yeah. is So what's the offence? And that's the hard line, I think, that to mm. walk out of this one.
7: Yeah, he's pretty stiff, I think. Big knick
5: Um Joel Wilkinson, It's um, it was scripted to be provocative in what he put forward. It's very American. It's a different, I think, Mm. interpretation and definition of racism than what we're used to in Australia where it's an incident that requires vilification. It's very hard to have an interpretation without any level of detail. So we Mm. don't have any level of detail other than what we live through. I remember... He played that first game, Justin Sherman racially vilified him and we all spoke of how shameful that was for us as an industry to put a young man
7: into a game and have that happen right out of the gates. Yeah, I mean, I I can't describe enough how how shameful it was in our in our locker room after the game that we 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 didn't have a post match debrief from the coach as such. It was Justin got up in front of us to explain what had happened and a lot of most of us didn't know what had happened and it was it was such a heavy, heavy feeling in the in that room, and we carried it. We carried it for quite a while. It was a it was a horrendous, horrendous incidents. There was two. Um, it was a horrendous week. But yeah, without the detail of, of
6: yeah, it's impossible, isn't it? Without the detail, really. We just have to wait and see what happens.
7: Yep. It's
5: not to be easily dismissed, I don't think. I think the flinch reaction of the week was to go, oh, this is a cheap grab for money. I I suspect it's going to be more complicated than that and it'll be more challenging than that too. This is crunch time for Honda's seven-year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au. We'll speak to the head honchos of the Giants and the Blues and we'll get the 3 takeouts from last night. Next, from Bob Murphy and Cane Corns.
0: The award-winning Crunch Time. The Honda's seven-year sale ends June 30.
5: This is Crunch Time in the aftermath of the Sydney Swans' eight-point win over the Hawks at the MCG last night and in the build-up to Super Saturday or is it Unnecessary Saturday? Do we need six games on one day? We'll work through... All of that in the crunch. Jared Whateley and Anthony Hudson, Bob Murphy and Kane Corns with the three key takeaways out of last night's match. It's impossible to start with anyone other than Ben Ronk who was quite delightful in his aftermath of kicking seven goals. Oh, it's a dream come true to play on the G. I've been just kicking myself. I've been looking forward to this opportunity for so long and to get a win like
3: that with the boys fighting back, there's nothing better.
5: So is that the arrival of the Ronk as a big player or is it going to be a one off performance that we marvel about and talk about for years to come as a
7: singular moment from a third gamer? Well I don't I don't know if he's gonna kick seven goals every week, Jared, but he's he's certainly made a big impression in his first his first three games. Kane, you saw him in his first game down at Geelong and he, he played well there, kicked a couple of goals, but last night was mm. when when he kicked the first three I thought, Oh, what, you know, how good's that? You know, that that's just the ball's bouncing his way, he's shown you know shown a great variation of skills and I wonder how the rest of it but to to go on and kick seven and the the way he kicked them kicked the winner in the end the sealer he's a serious player with a with a mysterious nickname yeah.
8: He'll never kick seven goals again. Well, I'm pretty safe to say that. But he's got attributes to say that he's got a future. His power and... Such
7: a grumpy old man.
8: No, well, I, I don't think he will. It's just impossible. <laughs> no, I'm going to so, back him. so hard to do. But um, he's but, so... That strength you talk about, yeah, Kane. That, that
6: was what surprised could, me, Hutto. Through the trunk and the, the legs. And I was, I was chatting to someone about it uh, this morning. And it, it just saying how vital that is now. I mean, you have to... You have to have that, or it's a massive asset to have as a midfielder. And some of the kids that, you know, some of the top end talent that they're looking at for next year, there's there's one in particular that you know they're just worried that he's just not going to have that that strength and that thickness of body.
8: You have to. And the goal that Parker kicked his first goal last night, his ability to grab the ball and then break away with that first five steps and then kick it on the outside of his foot. If you're a small midfielder, you must have that. You're spot on. So I think, you know, gone are the days of just the plotter through the midfield. You need that speed and power. He's got that. So he's got attributes to play 200 games at the level.
5: The 2017 prospectus, which was quoted this morning, a bit of self-congratulator of the year entry, Ronk is an inside midfielder with elite speed who gets in and out of traffic. Well, his ability to hit the scoreboard is elite. And that was all before us last really? night.
7: So it, maybe it was foretold. Anything about the nickname in there, Jim? No, 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 no. You might no, have okay. to text gonna, uh, Josh. Let it, I'll let
5: it go. <laughs> find out privately. <laughs> maybe
7: just spell it for us.
5: <laughs> we'll see if we can pick it. Uh, the Match Review Officer, Michael Christian, will be doing his work now on the collision between Luke Parker and Jarman Impey. Bob tried his best with Swans captain Josh Kennedy.
7: Now you'd be aware, Josh. The, the debate is raging um, everywhere in the in the footy landscape at the moment about the Luke Parker Jarman impey bump. What was your what was your gut reaction on the field when you saw it firsthand? Uh,
1: I've I've been strictly informed that I'm not allowed to comment on this uh, incident from the media department. But, well, I've got, so um, I've, gone
7: one of, I've gone one out of three. You're going to cost me a job, Josh. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I know, I know. Is, I, I, I said, what, I can't even, I can't say anything. Can't say, oh, I think you'd be right. No, I can't say that. So um, that's coming from Did the you think Trent I mean, Cochin- you know They
7: work, you know, they
1: want, they want more access, but we can't... I can't even say that.
7: <laughs> what, what's your favourite colour, Josh, can I get... <laughs>
5: George Kennedy, uh, following instructions, especially... I did like the way that he worked in, though, that he'd asked the media manager where he was allowed to say, I think he'll be right. Yes. Yes. Oh, no, you're not allowed to say that. So if you can read between the lines. So just around the panel, Bob, if you were the MRO, would you charge Parker? Yes. Kane? Yep. Hutto?
6: Uh, Yes, definitely.
5: Yep. Uh, So we're a sweep. and We are soundly and with great solidarity in the minority. Uh, Hawthorne? you should lead us off here, did that uh, emphasise the questions that you've got unanswered on the Hawks?
6: Yeah I guess it did Um, as I said earlier, I think the fact that uh, they have that goal kicking power that was underlined to me again last night with, uh, with Bruce and Gunston, so that was a positive and Ben McAvoy has had more influence on a lot more games and the, but I suppose that Isaac Smith is probably the one to me like he has been critical in a lot of their games this year and he he is he is um, susceptible to a hard tag I mean he's beaten tags at times but last night I thought Cunningham's job and we spoke to him and he talked about just staying on his left his left side and I I mean, he is the one player that I I think is critical to Hawthorne's success. And I think last night showed again that even though I think he's in career best form, he is a player that can be shut down. So I still think there's enough questions around Hawthorne to just have them below that that top level of teams. Mind you, that top level of teams at the moment is just one.
8: Uh, Yeah, I think you explained that pretty well. I think they should be capable of top four somewhere between First and sixth, I think, for Hawthorne is where I would have them right now. And uh, what a surprise that's been because I didn't have them
7: in my eight before the start of the year. No, nah, nor did I, came, But I've I was really, i been really impressed with them, as we all have. But I was, I was still really impressed with them last Same. night. I thought that the, the, the quality of that game last night was really, really high. And they did it with... You know, Jager O'Meara was down. Isaac Smith, as you mentioned, was a bit quiet. Mitchell C- was, down. C- Mitchell was mm-hmm. down. Cyril Rioli still to come back in. The side I think there's, yeah, there's lots of blue sky for the Hawks.
5: And just as we leave last night, Hutto, the the, the mail on Lance Franklin, just the hint that you think he's going to miss longer.
6: Yeah, I do. I, I think it's weeks, but I, I don't necessarily, uh, hopefully it's not any longer than that. But, it, yeah, it does sound like, uh, from what I'm hearing, that it, it'll at least be a couple of weeks ago away before Lance is back. So... Um, and, uh, you know, they're a little more optimistic on, on Hanbury, I think. But, um, yeah, with Reid out, they continue to to make do. But, hey, if Ben Runk can kick seven goals each week, they'll be
5: fine. All right. So this is the Crunch. How far fire away to either Bob or Kane?
6: Uh, okay, Gerard, uh, let me do that when I get myself <laughs> organised here. All right. Um, only one meeting in, what will be the competition committee's main focal point? I mean, there's a feeling it'll use obvious in-game levers instead of changing rules. Are we all happy with that?
8: I feel like this should be directed to Jared because he's the expert, but um, it'll be around congestion is my thought, so the state of the game. So I don't think you know, mid-season trading and live trading picks, that should be well down the bottom of the agenda. Uh, how to fix the congestion issue I think is the biggest issue for them. Uh, I think interchange rotations will be on the agenda as well as some things that they can do around the stoppages. So that would be my number one Hutto?
7: Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I think, and I, and I was, you know, recently on a state of the game forum, infamously, <laughs> uh, and the only thing we really agreed on was that was the tightening of the prior opportunity and, and, and sort of and having the play open up and, and, and be a bit harsher on the tackle. So I think I think that's something they'll look at pretty early on.
5: So I think there were a wide variety of topics, and there's the you know, the question of um, all sorts of reforms being raised, but they want it to be evidence-driven. So I think that's a pretty sound and logical way to go about it, and Steve Hocking is certainly the man to do that. But, yeah, and Spud
6: suggested last night, Gerard, that uh, they'll try and get some of the teams that missed the finals... Uh, as they have a couple of times in the past, to be the ones that they try these things out with, with uh, Matt's simulation in, say, late November, early December when they get back to training.
5: Yep, so there's an absolute logic to that. And so I don't think we're going to see any snap changes at the end of this year that would radically alter the course of the game, but we'll see lots attempted within the game as the starting point, probably with the kicker. Well, if this doesn't work, then we'd have to go further, which gives everybody a bit of a buy-in to it, to understand it, to be a bit patient with it. We are going to ask the umpires, though, to fix the game. I think that's...
8: Mm.
5: You know, under that banner, that is a lot to ask
6: of. I I thought it was interesting last night. I've felt like uh, they've really come down on prior opportunity, particularly in some games this year. Last night, uh, they just gave them free range, so it continues to confound me with how the rules change each week. Mm.
5: All right. Um, The... There's a lot being spoken around the trade market at the moment, and that's natural as lists have been formed and approaches have been made. Collingwood have become central to this Is with the report that Darcy Moore is high up on the Swans list, which they weren't biting on that last night, but also Jordan Goey. This is the finest of balancing acts, is they have asked Goey to show behavioural change. They're holding him to that. So this is the period of tough love, and it's, uh, it's bearing fruit but it's a long-term process, and everyone you talk to at Collingwood publicly and privately tells you the same thing. Meanwhile, or during the meanwhile, there are clubs circling and courting with contracts that are worth a lot of money, and a lot more money than Collingwood would be prepared to put up. So Collingwood's doing the parenting, and then these outside clubs are just trying to woo him away. That's not an easy line to walk, and Nathan Buckley was really firm. He said, no, no, we're not at that point with Dagoe yet. We're not at the point. Of confirming our relationship, we need to see a bit more.
8: Oh, it's great! I love it. It's uh, it's a movie waiting to happen. I I think it's I think Collingwood have done the right thing, and I think they need to be firm with that. And who knows? It might cost them a player. Um, you'd hope that D'Gawi would be um, pay the faith back in he, Collingwood. He, he owes Collingwood. He, he? he owes Collingwood, yeah. but. Once again, will he
6: feel that as a player do
8: you think I, I think uh, I think he'd have people around him that would make that known to him uh, as well Hutto and you know he got strong figures at the Collingwood Footy Club that would be you know, reminding him, him of that so does he take a little bit less and repay the faith he's still going to earn good money where it is but it's going to be tough for a 22 year old to turn his back on 800,000 from St Kilda over five years and um, be financially secure without the pressures of playing for the
5: Collingwood Footy Club. So it's a fascinating one. So this was Nathan Buckley on Jordan Degoe.
4: The fact is that, um, you yeah, know, Jordy has been supported um, to the hilt by this footy club, by his teammates. Um, he's copped some tough love over the time. Um, he's still got an enormous amount of growth in him as a, as a young man and as a footballer. Um, and we provide we think we provide a pretty good environment for that. But if it's um, if it's not optimal for him or for us, well then either he or us will make that call.
5: So it seems to me, Bob, it swings a little bit on: does De accept that this tough love is going to make him a better footballer and a better person, or does he privately resent it and he'll go and take the money elsewhere?
7: And also, and I was at a barbecue recently where I had I had an argument of sorts with a, with the a Collingwood supporters. It's like. Too much made of player behaviour. He's a good player, just get him in there. And so I would say if we bumped into each other again, we could still have the same aren't you, you go, see? You just <laughs> let him he's a good player. Just you should have just played him where I would say that the the tough love that, that Buck's described it as hasn't just changed him as a player. but it, it may, may have changed him as a young man mm. that, that we might get the next 10 years out of an ex, you know uh, an exciting talent. It's,
8: it's a little bit, reminds me of Stevie Johnson back in the days when he was probably of a similar age at Geelong and just the complete turnaround <laughs> in culture at the Geelong Footy Club. It's It seems a little bit like that at Collingwood since the goie now. Fasolo's also out of contract. He's had his issues as well for different reasons and also more, Jared. So, big three, three big players at Collingwood that some other clubs would love to get their hands on.
5: Fasolo, less so. For me, is if Collingwood worked through not needing that type of player anymore, I think they'd be improved. But, Hado, this is sort of the moment that they're building. They can't lose to Gowie and Moore. Yes,
6: well, Moore's interesting. I mean, he hasn't really proven himself yet, has he, as a player? And I think he fits demographically for what Sydney. Would like in terms of age group, but uh, I, th- I think there'll be I think the more camp from what I understand, uh, you know, want decent money and uh, whether or not he's he's not really a proven commodity yet. So whether it be Sydney or another team, if they're prepared to pay the money, and get Darcy Moore, it is a bit of a risk because he he hasn't ever been a high possession player, and he's just had a couple of little niggling injuries, which has probably stopped us from really seeing yet just how good he can be. How do you rate him, Okay.
8: Well, un- unproven players still get big money. Uh, Tom yeah. Boyd, uh, you know, Moore's probably proved himself more than what Boyd had when he got that deal. But I think clubs would be a, a little bit more shy in terms of giving that sort of dollars with the way the game is being played. And um, there's not too many key forwards currently dominating the game. So, uh, look, he he will be in line for a, a massive deal. And I think it would be you know, around the seven the $700,000 at, you a, think he, a, at you, another really? club. Someone would pay that for him. When you look at... Um, what people are paying, you know, McGovern to get him to their club, you know, I think more around that seven hundred thousand is what the figure would be for another club, especially uh, in Sydney. So Have you
7: seen enough of him, Kane? What's your sort no, of I think feel? I think,
8: think he's going to be good. Yep. Yeah, I think he's got attributes to be very, very good, provided he's he's surrounded by. Another another forward. Yeah, you know, I think that's it, a good when point. he's the main man, he's he, he's, he's very easily pretty targeted. hard.
7: Pretty hard for any. How old stars? Yeah, maybe maybe 21. 20, 21, 22 Pretty pretty difficult to be the the top brass well, there. A y- you're
8: liking him to Hipwood at, at Brisbane. Uh, the main man in that forward line. He's struggling, but if you put him in a a, a Melbourne side with Hogan or something like that, the results would be massive. So yeah. uh, he's every bit as good as Eric Hipwood at Brisbane.
6: All right, fourteen minutes past twelve. This is the crunch. Uh, Part of Crunch Time for Honda's seven-year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au. Carlton CEO, Kane Little, to join us in the box. Dave Matthews from Spotless Stadium, ahead of the Giants' big clash with the West Coast Eagles. That's all coming up. Has Essendon mismanaged Joe Danaher? And part two of that question, is there ever a case for admitting publicly that a player has an injury, just so he can just get a bit of an easier load from the media? Who wants to answer those two Definitely questions? Definitely
8: mismanaged him. I'll answer the first bit. What was it? Three games in 12 a days, bands, 10 yeah. days? Yeah, well, so if you've got osteitis pubis, we know that's <laughs> not ideal. So how, how they let that happen to their you know, the most important player with a groin issue is is amazing, really.
7: Yeah, that's a good point. That's, what was it? Three games in 11 days. And you saw there was a lot of criticism at him about the reluctance to, to lead up at the ball. And the, the, the osteitis pubis, one of the trademarks of osteitis pubis, it's not it's not just the soreness, it's the... It's power. often the power to, to push off. And, wh- and what what happens to players is they, without even really realising it, they just start to... They protect they, themselves. They just, yeah, yeah, they just start to protect themselves and that just starts to fade out of their game. So, yeah, the three games in 11 days, they probably regret that, you'd think.
6: What about the public side of this?
8: No, I, I think that um, you, you put your hand up, you, you're out there. Jared. Oh, I wouldn't like any excuses if it was me. And I lo- loved hearing him speak. He wasn't offering any excuses. So... I don't think you pick a player and say, oh, you know, he's a bit sore this week. So if he doesn't play well, that's that's the reason. I think that's the wrong mindset. So yeah, I oh, think I'd the, hate to see that.
7: Uh, yeah, I think at the, the the priority of appeasing the media criticism. I think that's that's getting the cart before the horse a little bit. It's a, it's a tough part of the game, but but players know players know that you know if they they put their name up and they put themselves out there, that, that they're out there to be judged and they're judged harshly.
5: If you can get the big name recruit, should you? So Alex Rance here on the couch talking about Tom Lynch.
7: Don't necessarily believe in my opinion that we should be upsetting the apple cart to go and chase a big fish. Um, well he's the
0: biggest fish around at the moment.
7: Yeah he's the, he's the big tuna, the big so bonita you, fish.
0: you
5: don't think that's the way to go?
7: Oh look I'd support it because I mean I wouldn't have to play on him but I, I, think, <laughs> um, I think you always have to look at the big picture when it comes to these things. So many clubs will be after him and we'd be glad to have him. What would be but your concern? I guess team structure would be an interesting one to, to, to throw up. I, I wouldn't really know what to what it would look like with with him in the side, because I, I'm so happy with the way our structure is. But he's a gun, and you obviously want to accumulate as many guns in your artillery as possible. It'd be it'd be an interesting situation to see what happens. Lucky it's not my call. Would be interesting. How'd you read that, Bob? Oh, I th- fascinating and great. You know, really honest insight from from Alex Rance. I think it speaks to a lot of things. But the the main thing is that the, the, the self belief and the the confidence of the Richmond Footy Club at the moment that they know that they've they've got it together that 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 human chemistry of Footy teams and you work so hard and when you get it right you you feel it and they've they won the flag last year but already they look the most complete side this year uh, I, I can totally understand Alex Rance's his argument of why would you upset the apple cart they're that they're, the, they're the benchmark um, on paper, you go, oh, Tom, Lynch. they're a great side, you throw Tom Lynch in, so that just makes them a whole lot better, but that's not necessarily always how it works.
8: Couldn't agree more with him. I remember having a conversation with Phil Walsh when uh, he was coaching the Crows, Dangerfield was coming out of contract, and he said, no one player is worth a million dollars. Now, the, the, the salary cap has increased, so you, you push that figure out a little bit more. I don't think you can have two players on that sort of money at one club, so you've got Martin on whatever he's on, 1.2, and then you put Lynch on more, the ramifications of that would be huge. If I was Richmond, I'd go after another midfielder, which allows Martin to play more forward with Rewalt, You get another midfielder in to support Cochin and Prestia, and that is a better structure for me. So that's
7: the thing. So, Rich, say, hypothetically, so Richmond win it again this year, so then you've got a whole group of players who are two-time premiership players. You you can afford Tom Lynch, so he comes in. But then you've got the ripple effect of all these players coming out of contract going, well, oh, hang on a minute. You know, I've kicked 30 goals for you twice in two premiership years. So everyone, everyone wants a little so bit what's more. What's happening at the Bulldogs so now? Then, a so little the, bit. So then you lose the, then you lose a couple of role players, and the strength of Richmond at the moment. Yes, yes, Martin Koch, and Reel, they, they are the top, the creme de la creme, but their sharp improvement arguably came from the role players. You should never... How long's Jack got to go there? Oh, how old's Jack? I I still think he's got a fair bit of good footy in him. Yeah, he doesn't true. miss much footy, is and he's not. No, had he And he's not had leg leg issues. And he's and he's. But a, I
6: guess they're they're planning for the future, aren't they? As well with Lynch to have a have the you know they a gun full full forward centre half forward into the future.
7: Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. I just think I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't Jack's be, 29. Yeah, Jack's 29. I I still think Jack's got. Got four years of footy left. Enough in time,
8: I think, to, to target a, a key forward in the draft. I think so. If he's got three or four years in him, Riewold, enough time Oh yeah, time good luck. Good luck with that, Kane.
6: Why not? H- who can target a key forward in the draft well, and get it right? Well,
8: Adelaide did okay with Todd Marshall, didn't they? Pick seventeen a couple of years ago. He's going to be a player. They're, they're there, and you don't have to have
5: a, a number one pick to get one. Should never put a big tuna in an apple cart. I think that much we can all agree on. <laughs> tuna
6: and apples cross. <laughs> can, can I, while we touch on that uh, key forward? I, I mean and they're all different cases, they've all got different issues, but do you think a club will use, let's say a top 6 to 8 pick, again on a gun key forward who's dominated at under 18 level, or is it just too risky?
8: From what I'm hearing about this year's draft, they will for sure. Um, Matthew Lloyd goes on about these King Twins that are playing at Hale- Halebury. he says both probably top 5, the one that got hurt would have been number 1 in his eyes, so they're that good. And then there's a kid called Lacoche who's playing for the Eagles in South Australia who's as good a young player that I've ever seen. So this wow. year I think there's some special ones that you will um, but I think the philosophy is certainly changing.
6: Obviously raise it on the, on the back of uh, John Patton. Yep. He, he, he's been dropped this week. Paddy McCarton, he's got his seventh concussion. Um, Josh Shackey uh, obviously didn't make it at Brisbane and there's questions, there's, you know, there's, there's no indication that um, he's going to make it at the, at the Bulldogs. Let's hope that, that's that's not right. Let's hope he, he gets a crack at it. But, you know, he's still got some issues. And, and Tom Boyd as well. So it's it's a growing list, yeah. isn't it? We do judge him. What's it em. more, to, what's we, it more we, to do with? Is it more the way the game is being played or how they can dominate it at a younger level? Or is there other factors?
7: I think it's pretty hard. Yeah, I, I think by nature, those, those big key forwards will... Will dominate under underage football. Like they will really stand out and dominate, and they get at the AFL level. And it takes it takes quite a quite a while. Some, some of them some of them make a big mark straight away, but the majority take a while. And there's a few there's a couple of steps back before they before they move forward. I'd I'd be willing to hold the line on on a, on quite a few of those guys you mentioned there. Hado uh,
5: is six games on a Saturday too many. Hado, you, you should have first crack at this, reckon. Well. I
6: think it'd be great on the last day of the year to do with the EPL, though. I'd love to do that. Um, But, yeah, I think ideally this game that I'm doing tonight, the showdown, which should be a cracker, could easily have been played on, say, the Thursday night. And um, certainly from a broadcaster's point of view... Uh, there's so much overlap when there's six games I mean if you're at home on the couch and you've got the remote control you can have a great day watching six games and I totally understand that Mother's Day wasn't a success and hasn't been a success and you know most people go to their to their parents place for a, a Mother's Day roast and uh, I'll be at uh, Eddie Head Stadium tomorrow. <laughs> unfortunately, at 1:10 <So> <laughs> for, for North Melbourne Origin, which should be a good game. So uh, I understand the situation, but yeah, I, I'm not quite sure why. Um, yeah, six on the one day, it's not ideal from a broadcaster's point of view. But maybe, maybe there was, uh, maybe they couldn't play it on the Thursday night for other scheduling reasons. We know that is difficult with six day breaks and so forth.
5: I think the the showcase of a Thursday night would have been awesome, but I don't really understand tomorrow's scheduling. So as it turns out, the match of the round is the one o'clock game, which I has know. always well, been the thought... problematic. And why would you have two games that overlap? Like, there's only two games on and they overlap. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. But, so what was wrong with the twilight on Mother's Day? I would have thought we were bouncing the one o'clock game and playing yep. 310 and four four, three twenty 320 and 440. But th- it's a weird piece of schedule. It's totally unnecessary to have six on the one day for me. I would have yeah, loved we'll it. Night night. I love, th-
8: love Thursday night footy. Love it. And and even maybe a Sunday night, you sit with your mum at home in front of the fire and watch Sunday <laughs> night footy. Come Mums on, love I footy love too. exactly right. Let's was, get creative. I like the way you've
7: painted the picture yeah. there. <laughs> you
8: go out for breakfast, for lunch put with
7: your, your feet mum, up Come and put home. a hey, log on mum, the fire. Exactly.
8: <laughs> We've only watched seven games of footy over
6: the week. <laughs> <laughs> we go home and finish off Sunday night with uh, another one. I actually agree on that Sunday night time slot. I think it's a where. I think it's a West Australian thing, though. Uh, I think, yeah, you know, five, five o'clock uh, Perth time, something like that, will work well, and, and
5: we might see that in the future. So let's stay with the showdown. Is How big is this for Port's credibility today, massive, Kane?
8: Massive, Jerry. They've lost five in a row. Um, usually a traditional 50-50 game. It's not so. Crows have dominated in that space. And, and Port have been smashed around the, the contest and the stoppage, so they bring Rockcliffe and Power Pepper back in to help with that. But... Huge question marks on them right now. If there's ever a game they need to stand up in, it's today. Lose, and yet, well, you you certainly lose touch with the top eight, and it's probably going to be very difficult for
7: them to... Get back in. Is your brother back? Is he back running he's this back. week? He's back. He's, he's back. back. And he's back for a show to serve. They're going to have to stitch his man. He will be on edge. Oh, no. That's oh, no. really going to be difficult. He's going to get suspended again. Oh. for Sure <laughs> and certain. One week into a month, I think. <laughs> I, I bumped into
6: David Kosh on the plane on the way over here, uh, and he was. Uh, He's got to go and do the Royal Wedding. So he's uh, he's staying for tonight's big game and then going to do the
5: Royal Wedding and then
6: flying to Shanghai. So he's got a big week ahead. Wow. it does
5: all right uh, this is crunch time for honda's seven-year sale great offers on a huge range of new models see honda.com.au we are about to be joined by the carlton chief executive kane little they play at the mcg against essendon this afternoon they're winless in 2018 so far are they actually on track for the plans that they've laid out and then dave matthews from the giants is the style of footy right now is it inhibiting growing the game in the northern markets and a myriad of issues on the giants on the injury front and can they actually get some luck in their 2018 campaign that is ahead
0: on 11 16 sem the award-winning crunch, crunch time for honda's seven-year sale ends june 30.
5: Saturday afternoon. We are in furious agreement on crunch time that Luke Parker should be suspended for the bump on Jarman Impey with his head over the ball, but we do acknowledge that we feel like we are in the minority. As for Ben Ronk, I wonder if there are Swans jumpers being bought in various AFL stores with the 25 being ironed on the back because the league has a new cult hero after seven goals last night and we marvel at the Swans' capacity to hang in there during a period of adversity and win on the road. Crunch time for Honda's seven year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au We focus in on the games at hand. Essendon and Carlton playing at the MCG. The chief executive is about to join us. Just give us the terms, Kane, of this afternoon's game. It's all been framed around Essendon and the Armageddon that will befall them should they be defeated.
8: Well, it's massive for both. It's a it counter, a sniff to get their first win, no doubt about that. They'd feel that. And if it was the case, can you imagine the backlash against Essendon? So, all set beautiful day here be a massive crowd and hopefully a cracking game
5: it was supposed to be a foul weather but it's glorious blue overhead it's a little bit brisk but better than that was anticipated kane little is the chief executive of the blues kane welcome to crunch time
3: thank you thank you for having me
5: has the start of the season and the start of your tenure at zero and seven been less than you would have hoped for
3: uh I'll look i think everyone uh would like to win more games than they lose um, but there's, you know, some reality, realities about where our club's at and you know, I've been really happy with, with how things have gone. Um, you know, we've had a strategy to go to three drafts, which we've done. Uh, we talked a lot this year about um, wanting to invest and develop our young kids and you're seeing a lot of that. Um, you're also hearing a lot about, you know, Bolts talks a lot about synergy and, and Juddy talks a lot about cohesion. Well, for people, you know, like me who aren't as smart as that, that's, put simply, that's just a bit of consistency and stability. Having the same group of players... Uh, over an extended period of time with the same group of coaches who can grow together. And unfortunately, over the last three years, when you tip out a 30 of your list each year, um, it's very difficult to get that consistency and that stability. So we're really working on that now.
5: Do results matter yet?
3: Look, results always matter because, you know, the eight-year-old boy who wears his Carlton or girl who wears their Carlton jumper to school, they, they, they don't care about our strategy. They just want to see win. So ultimately, um, Brendan will hold everyone to account and, and we, we do want to win, obviously. But uh, we're judging our performance on a range of other things and, and a number of other areas we're really happy with.
5: Do you feel like you need a win just to make sure that that strategy can hold?
3: Look, wins wins confirm you're going in the right direction. If the question you're asking, would you like a win, yeah, absolutely, I would. If we don't win, does it mean we've got everything wrong? Absolutely not.
8: What about the the style of play? 40 weeks since you've kicked 100 points, that's been documented. Does that matter?
3: Uh, no, I I don't, and look, I, I watched the footy last night. I, I went to bed at three quarter time, so I'm not entirely sure what the scores were, but that was a cracking game. Um, not sure they got to a hundred, so Sydney won. Kane, by the way, <laughs> did they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that Hutto? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I did hear that Sydney won, and um, you know that was a great game. Look, over time, as our as our young players get better and develop, clearly our game style will improve. Right now, there's inconsistencies and, and there's errors that come with youth. Um, and that's what you're seeing. But you're also seeing some really exciting patches. And, you know, there's a number of, of times we can point to this year. You know, we kicked five the first five goals against the, the reigning Premiers and, and you saw blokes like Charlie Curnow. And you got to remember, Paddy Cripps is only 23. So... Um, now we're, we're really confident in, in the direction we're going, and um, you know, really happy with the development of the young players we've got.
8: So if you've been to the three drafts and you've done that, that's a tick, and you're happy with the young players you've got in. What's what's next? Yeah. What's the next step?
3: It's a good question, and if you look, I'm, I'm not massive on a list having to look a certain way, and, and I don't think anyone at Carlton is. But there's a real gap in the 24 to 26 year old age group. Uh, we got we've got real strength in that 18 to 21, and, and then we've got some really talented older players we do need to start looking at uncontracted players and free agency there's no there's no doubting that um and sos and his team have done a great job in 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 going to the draft bringing the young kids in but actually creating an opportunity to be able to bring some of these free agents in sort of from a salary cap perspective so um there's no doubt our attention will turn to there but that doesn't mean we will step away from trying to get the best kids at the draft it will just be now a more balanced approach are you
6: confident sorry bob are you confident you can attract those players one thing, salary cap came, but the other thing is a place that players want to come to when they've got some options. If they're 24 to 26, and a top line player, why would they come to Carlton if if they're not sure they're going to play finals football?
3: I've got no doubt that you'd want to come to Carlton because if I was a 25 or 26 year old player, I'd be looking at the the young the youth in the list and and do we have the talent to perform? And there's a tick. I'd then be weighing a few other things up. You know, you come to Carlton, you're three or four kilometres out of the city. Um, you get to live in you know live in a, a great spot. Um, you've got to, you come to a club, the most successful club in the history of the game with 16 premierships, um, and, and you come to a club who've got a real plan and they've stuck to it. So will will we struggle to attract players? Absolutely not.
7: Kane uh, a lot talked about the coach this year and obviously with the disappointing start, you know no wins as of yet is and in, and Brendan's spoken a lot about the process and. Is he the sort of coach? Has he got an eccentric side that we don't see? Where he could, uh, you know, the theme of the week could go off the road map a little bit.
3: Um, I haven't, I haven't seen that yet. He's he's big on the he's big on the process. Um, he's actually a, he's a great guy. He's, he's a lot of fun to be around. And um, I suppose the other thing in situations like this, you look for you, know, you look for signs like are the young kids signing on to, to extend and stay. And they all are. We've, we've managed to extend five or six of our real young guns this year. We're in discussions with others, uh, which confirms for me that, that the group are really happy with how things are, uh, are going. Now I'm determined to answer this question properly because I was listening on the way in to the interview with Josh Kennedy, and you only got a one out of four there. So
7: well, you know what, we're already we're one for one. So have we answered? Have we answered I'll, it? I'll ask because I'm on such a roll. <laughs> I, I wanna go for it. I, I was just wondering, th- there wasn't any temptation within within the club to to talk about the rivalry with with Essendon. I listened to it, the the, the brief radio uh, snapshot of the '99. Preliminary final. I couldn't yeah. help but think that the scene is set for something similar today. Was there was there a temptation at all from from yourself or the or the head coach?
3: Yeah, uh, there wasn't there wasn't a temptation to go into that in too much detail today. But we're actually working really closely with Essendon on some ideas for the future to re, really rebuild that rivalry and. It's actually a great week to think about that rivalry because um, the Essendon players on Thursday night had their sort of 25-year reunion, which was a which it was a victory over Carlton, and just today we've got our 1968 team over in the Miller Room, celebrating their 50-year reunion after beating Essendon. Um, so there is an incredible rivalry there, and. Um, Yeah, both Essendon and Carlton share the view. That is something we need to work on, really rejuvenating and ensuring that every time Carlton and Essendon roll out on the G, there's 80,000 people here.
7: I think there's still enough time to organise Fraser Brown to come into the change (laughs) rooms and just describe the tackle on Dean Wallace blow by blow. We've we've got another hour and a half.
8: (laughs) Your next Friday night game is round 11. Your philosophy on Friday night, is it good for the club and will you seek to get more uh, moving forward?
3: Absolutely. Yes and yes. Uh, premierships are won and lost on the big stage and we want as much practice as we can get so um, we love the Friday nights uh, we love the big crowds we love the big broadcast audience um, things haven't always gone to plan for us over over the last 12 months but as we continue to improve and develop that'll turn around we've got exciting young kids and, and you know my reference point is got to be Richmond because I've spent eight years there and you know Richmond were criticized for the same sort of things for, for a number of years and they stuck to the plan invested in the kids and you know, look at where they've got. So we're absolutely on the right track, and um, you know, we we want and will continue to demand those Friday night spots. Do
5: you accept that yeah. we don't want you on a Friday night at the moment, Kane? Is <laughs> go and develop and grow and become a good team, and then come back in front of us?
3: Do I accept that? Yes, I accept that view. Do I agree with it? No, I don't. Um, and and things like these rebuilds, they there's no there's no definitive time frame as to how they happen. You know, things can roll along for a while, and then it can turn around pretty quickly. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I think in the second half of the year, you'll see a much, uh, you'll see a much improved Carlton, and you know, you might start seeing some of that excitement that you're referring to. You've obviously
6: been hit by a number of injuries, which wasn't helped right from the start with Sam Doherty and even some of the young young talent. So that makes it difficult. Just leads me to a broader question for boards and CEOs: is how do you judge a rebuild? I mean, because they do take a long period of time, and how do you judge whether something's on track or not?
3: Well, you, you, ultimately, you come up you come up with a plan. And long before I got here, Carlton committed to going to three drafts. Now I look through the draft picks out of those three drafts. And I'm really happy that we've, we've picked well. Um, then you've got to assess, have you had the full use of the cattle that you have at your disposal? Well, as you just pointed out, how we haven't. Um, at times I've walked through Bolt's office asking if he's run over a black cat because it's just we've just had injury after injury after injury. And that synergy and cohesion and consistency that we continue to talk about, we just haven't been able to get any semblance of that. And, um, you know, as, as blokes like um, Marchbank and Murphy... Um, you know, people like Williamson and Pickett have almost been forgotten. They're two really exciting, talented young players. So, hopefully, um, in the second half of the year, you'll see a lot of these guys come back in. Um, but you know, in, in terms of in terms of how you, you judge the success, um, I don't think there's a, there's an absolute measure. But you know, I'd like to think that we've done what we said, we've committed to that, we've ticked those boxes, we're playing the youth, they're improving. Um, yeah, you know, we just need a few things to go our way in terms of uh, in terms of those injuries that I spoke about and, and as Cornsy referred to, you know, as we move forward we've got to start filling some of those gaps in that in that age demographic in our list.
5: Kane, uh, we know we've got to let you go. Thanks for stopping by. It'd be pretty rich if you upset Essendon this afternoon and what it might do to them.
3: Yeah, well, that's for them to worry about.
5: Kane, <laughs> <laughs> good to see you.
3: No worries, thanks, Cain boys. Kane
5: Little, the chief executive of Carlton at the MCG. They will face the Dons this afternoon. No changes for the Giants and Eagles encounter, which is coming up. And as for the Swans, we've spoken about at length, and Josh Kennedy joined us a little earlier on. You can join the Sydney Swans and club legend Bob Skilton for the Sydney Swans Legends Lunch at Zinc in Fed Square. It's on Friday, June eighth, And for details, head to the events page on the Swans website website next we'll have the giants chief executive dave matthews
0: on eleven sixteen sem the award-winning crunch time for honda's seven-year sale ends june 13.
6: yes welcome back it's honda's seven-year sale there's great office on a huge range of new models Go to honda.com.au for more details. We've already heard there's no changes at Spotless Stadium. Likewise at the MCG, Carlton and Essendon will enter the field as listed. Speaking of Spotless Stadium, waiting for us up there is the CEO of the Giants, who currently sit on 18 points. I think it's the seventh position on the ladder. And their CEO, Dave Matthews, joins us. Uh, welcome, Dave. Thanks, Otto. It's a bit of an injury off today between your two clubs, isn't it? You haven't got any more it's good at least you've got no changes but uh, it's been a real struggle for the club hasn't
2: it yeah and I think it's a bit of a problem across the competition unfortunately you see uh, particularly some of the stars going down we've we've obviously had our issues last year and unfortunately we're confronting that sort of situation again but we're you know, working pretty hard at uh, trying to identify any sort of issues there but we're welcome back a couple of players today which is great and Jeremy Cameron and Rory Lobb in particular
6: Is it something as the CEO that you get involved in or is it largely left to the football department?
2: Oh, no, we all... uh, We we talk regularly, whether it be even as the football subcommittee, just to, you know, try to eradicate various things. You know, last year we did a lot of work in terms of the the surface at our training ground or Spotless Stadium or down in Canberra just to see whether there was any, any factors there and you rule those things out and, you know, and then it's about... Uh, you know, Wayne Campbell and his group just assessing, you know, training methods and other things. But, you know, we really haven't changed too much from 2016, and that's been the uh, frustration that you see. Um, you see, actually, the sign's just blown off the top of the grandstand here. It's pretty windy. Didn't um, hit <laughs> uh, No, it didn't. No one's in yet, thankfully, I don't think. But, um, you know, we haven't really changed too much from 2016, but we've, we've had this, uh, you know, of luck
6: I mean injuries are critical for it, for any team we know that but particularly for your club you're in the the so-called sweet spot two preliminary finals and we know how talented you are but you know for Leon and, and for the for the group they just need a run at it and and it can just it's it can really drag things down I imagine and and must be a hard thing to stay to not sort of become a bit of a focus
2: yeah look it ends up being a, a real discussion point particularly I think you know this year it's yeah, the seven players, if you, if you looked at, say, seven of the guys who've been out, I mean, they, they really are our top liners in players like, you know, Kelly, Scully, Jeremy Cameron, Lob, Green. I mean, they're big outs, so they're obviously very, very hard to cover, but, you know, we're staying positive. Leon's uh, and his coaching group have really kept kept the, uh, the guys pretty focused, and it's given couple of youngsters an opportunity we've got Isaac Camming from Broken Hill making his debut today so he's another academy product so we we it it is a situation where we still go out to battle uh, with what we think that can you know win any game it's just you would love to uh, have your top liners back in Jonathan Patton
6: he has been dropped for this week Um, we had a discussion around big forwards and the value of take you know basically risking a a, a number one pick on on a big player there's a number of Players in the league in that situation—is this a real setback to him, or just a chance to get some confidence back?
2: I think it's the latter. I think it's about getting confidence back. I mean, he's had an unusual career because, as you say, he was taken at pick one and then incurred really significant knee injuries in the first two or three years of his career. So it took him a while to get going. But I think, you know, you guys would agree that his best is absolutely good enough, and he showed some fantastic signs last year. I think you know, as a consequence of the injuries and, and Shane Mumford retiring and Lobb going out, you know, it's been a difficult start for John in terms of the role he's had to play within the team so, you know, he's gone back to the NEFL today to try to find a bit of confidence. It's not a great day weather-wise up here so we do have, yeah, um, yeah, you know, we'd, we'd probably have have to keep that in mind in terms of the expectations. It's quite a low-scoring affair in the NEFL. Uh, nine goals to four, the Swans in front um, deep into the last quarter so it, low scoring affair in pretty tough conditions but you know the coaches has got a lot of confidence in john and we're just hoping to see you know him get some confidence back in his own game
6: one broader issue that has been raised by tony shepherd is the the state of the game which has been endless discussion of in all forms of the footy media but particularly in relation to the northern markets and something that obviously you face every day is trying to win hearts and minds in the northern states, uh, how important, how impactful is uh, is the way the game is played to helping your cause?
2: Well, I, look, I'm a believer that we've got the most spectacular game in the world. I think, you know, Australian football is just such a unique game and, you know, our membership and our crowds continue to grow off a low base and I think we're introducing, particularly in Western Sydney, a lot of new fans to the game. Um, you know, I think Steve Hocking's been very, very open in in you know, prompting discussion about the way the game's played. And are there any levers to pull? I'm not um, I'm, I'm not as uh, down on the, the game as, as probably others have been um, publicly. I just still think we've got a very good game. But, you know, if there's tweaks that can be made and whether it's, you know, is it worth playing 16 a side or is it worth shortening up some quarters or looking at rotations, they're all things that I think, you know, Steve and Gill and the AFL will think through pretty carefully. But, yeah, fundamentally, I still think we've got the best game in the world. Do you see that
6: that impact though, when you were out there, do you, do you get that feedback
2: from people? The most most feedback we get in Sydney from new fans is they're surprised how long the game goes. <laughs> right. Uh, and I just and I think it's probably worth shortening it up. I think I think you know two or three minutes a quarter, um, and shortening the game up in that regard. And I and maybe that even has an effect on you know, congestion or style of play potentially. But it's just. Um, you know, it's a different, it's a different game to soccer and, and NRL, which is what people are used to here. And before the
6: other boys throw a few at you, Dave, uh, are, are we winning in Sydney? Are, are you having a big impact, and is Sydney continuing to grow in the impact, or is it have we reached sort of a point where it's just going to be really tiny incremental things, and it'll, it'll fluctuate?
2: Oh, look in our in our terms at the moment, we're probably going 10% growing 10% year on year. We'll end up at about 25,000 members, which, you know, the membership culture for sporting clubs in Sydney is very different to Melbourne. You're you just, It's just not um, the same sort of level of, uh, I think, fan commitment that you see across NRL that you probably see in big clubs in Melbourne, for instance. But we're very, very pleased with 25,000. I saw that the Swans broke re- their record membership. I think they're at 57,000. They're the biggest sporting club in Sydney. Of any of the clubs, um, and probably 25,000 members puts us about fourth uh, in the Sydney market, which is uh, you know a, a very good result too. In only six years, now, I think I think the game's got a lot left to achieve here, and I think it it is it is good for the AFL that the Swans and the Giants are hopefully competitive again this year, but have been competitive for the last two or three because in such a competitive market you've got to be um, capturing the attention of people by your performances and. So winning really does matter and uh, yeah that's what we intend on trying to do.
7: Dave, Bob here, I wanna ask you about your, the captain Cal Ward coming up for his two hundredth game. What does what does he mean what does he mean to the football club?
2: Uh, Bob I think he's he's the heart and soul of it. He he made a courageous decision to sign on before, you know, we'd even had a stadium finished or we had a training base. He wouldn't have known what the list looked like. Um, you know it took a bit of courage and obviously I, I saw your tribute that we played we had ladies lunch yesterday with about 550 people there and uh, Callan's very popular at lunch like that I should say too because he's um, I think some of the people up here think he's a missing Hemsworth brother but he's actually um, he's That's just like yourself, you, you, you gave a great uh, tribute to him and I, you know, I thought it was very fitting so thanks for doing that I know how you feel about him and you know, he's, a, he's a fan favourite. He's he's very, very popular amongst the players and the staff. He's uh, he's just an outstanding man.
7: As football Sven Gali uh, predicted he'd, that he'd play 200 <laughs> games in his very first one, but is he a chance to get to 300, do you
2: think? I think so. I think he's been very resilient. Uh, he's, he obviously plays the game very, very hard, and that takes its toll, I'm sure, but he's, he's a resilient player. He's been a terrific leader for us, and so too is Phil Davis, for that matter. Dave, uh,
6: good luck. Uh, Big game today against uh, the West Coast. I think you got their measure.
2: Uh, Yeah, I hope so. I I hope it's a repeat of our final. We played against them here last year. So, look, we've uh, we had a great couple of wins last year. To win against them in Perth for the first time last year was significant for us. And uh, yeah, I think we're pretty optimistic today. Thanks for joining us. Good luck. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. Dave Matthews, the CEO, joining us there
6: from the Giants. Uh, just before we do finish up, uh, selections in a word, Carlton and Essendon,
7: boys.
8: I'm going Carlton.
7: Uh, I, saw
8: you, I saw you tip Gold Coast yeah, t- this week I flipped as well. I flip-flop. Flipped, that's
7: why we're a good balance. Uh, I'm out. going to
8: go Essendon. I'm Carlton. <laughs>
6: Ooh, uh, yes. a- anyone think that Gold Coast can upset Melbourne? Bob does. Yes,
7: I do. No. Of no. course he does. No, they can't. Anthony, I no. don't. Oh, no. What's no. that tone? Careful with your tone, Anthony. <laughs>
6: Who, who wins the? Are oh, they going okay? Who wins the showdown? Port Adelaide's
8: turn. Hutto. Port. Port doesn't work that way, does it? Uh,
7: <laughs> so if they lose, they'll be in
8: some trouble. <laughs> okay. could, you, could you influence that, please? Hutto? Do
6: my best. Uh, Western Bulldogs and the Lions. This is a good one. Bob, Bob. do they win, your boys? Yeah, they'll win.
5: Yep. Had Eddie, had they'll win. Yep. Lions are a great chance, though. I think.
6: Mm. Very good chance. And the Dockers and the Saints.
5: Dockers at home. Dockers
8: easily, probably.
6: Yeah, I think the Dockers too. All right, six big games of footy. Stay with us. You'll hear all the action. Uh, thank you, boys. it uh, been another very enjoyable show, particularly if you're a Sydney fan and you like Ben Ronk. What a star he was last night. There's more drama to come. It's been crunch time for Honda's seven-year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. You can go to honda.com.au to get more information.